don't even know the address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to 66 Harborview Road, a podcast dedicated to ABC's General Hospital. I'm your host, Caitlin, and in today's episode, we are talking about the week of November 8th through 12th. So not a whole lot happened this week. It was more filler stuff, but let's just dive right in. So starting off with some news, Jax is confirmed off the show. He's already filmed his last episode. Uh, I'm wondering how they're going to repurpose his home set. Uh, If they kill the character, I think it would have been interesting to do it in a very dramatic way, and then Jocelyn gets to live in the house with Trina or something like that. Uh, We could just call it the Jax house. Maybe Jerry can pop in. Uh, That's what I started thinking right away. Uh, As soon as one Jax leaves Port Charles, maybe another one comes in. I mean, the Jax exchange program, you know, maybe we can have it happen. (laughs) So we started last week with Sonny and Carly at the Metro restaurant, and he's telling Carly that family is his top priority. He's been going overboard with this, and I'm wondering if it's because he still hasn't processed his feelings from Nixon Falls. Miss Wu shows up, and within her chat with Sonny, we learn that she gets half the Novak holdings, leaving Sonny with three quarters of the entire takeover. In return, Nina Wu also wants assistance with getting her nephew Brad Cooper out of jail. In this scene, she says Brad is her brother's son. So I guess Nina Wu is a write-in family member. That's fine. I just wanted to know more of her history. How did she get to Port Charles? Has she always been here? I'm also curious if Sunny will ever have a conversation with Robert and Anna about the history of the Wu family. And with that, will Brad get involved as repayment to his aunt? That could be cool. In the end, Sonny says he will not pull strings for or against Brad when he goes in front of the parole board. That's fair. This also makes me question if we will see any other Wu family members or anyone else from the past. You can go on YouTube currently and see the original 1985 Asian Quarter storyline. That's what I've been watching for the past like two weeks. There are a lot of secondary characters that help carry the storyline. Maybe if we get that conversation between Sonny, Robert, and Anna, we could bring in more of that history, more of those characters. But when he spoke to Carly and Michael about Miss Wu's favor, Michael was not having it. For years now, Sonny has made decisions for the entire family, but Michael is finally old enough to have his completely own separate life, and he's done a pretty good job at creating that. He's living down on Harborview Road, but it's up to Michael how he treats Brad, or Nina, when it comes to Wiley. I think Willow is going to start to question Michael's connection to the mob at this point. I mean, as separate as their life is, his dad is Sonny Corinthos, not his grandpa, not his distant relative, like as close as you can be. And you decided to give Wiley both the Quartermain name and Corinthos, so it's now going to follow him forever. By the end of the week, we see Michael and Willow plus Carly meet in the Metro restaurant, and I gotta say, I love these scenes. I like seeing Carly and Michael together. I wouldn't mind seeing more of it. I know that would make him a mama's boy, but I like their conversations. Sonny ends up joining them, and turns out they're all going to the Savoy for the live music. No one was questioning Sonny where he was, but he was with Phyllis at Charlie's, and then he was talking to Nina, flirting with her in the worst way. I was not amused with how happy Nina was that he was even looking at her, and it's clear that he can't turn off his feelings. He just needs to stay away. 
but I suppose as Phyllis renovates Charlie's and hopefully renames it Lenny's, uh, we will see more of Sonny and Nina and then we will see them together. Or something crazy might happen that will keep them apart. That's what I root for. <laughs> I just hate that Nina is acting like she's so wrongfully accused of something. Like, she was not correct in her actions. Like, just a big fat no-no. She just doesn't want to be punished. But, oh well, Nina, sorry. What's that famous phrase? If you can't do the time, don't do the crime? On Friday, Sonny visits Spencer while he's working at Kelly's. Spencer is not showing remorse of any kind. He's only worked two days, and you'd think he'd been bussing tables for 30 years. It's a good thing that Sonny basically pointed out how Spencer needs to grow and change, and how some of that has to do with how he was raised. Maybe Spencer should talk to a therapist. I mean, never having met your mom, your father buying your way through life, then being thrown into this average person's life in Port Charles, that's a lot on one person not fully equipped to handle it. Sonny suggests starting by apologizing to Ava. Spencer doesn't look like he's going to do that anytime soon. And in between the Sunny scenes, we got a scene of Carly and Diane. Carly admits to Diane that her relationship is now different with Sunny and that Sunny is different. And to be honest, I can kind of see them getting divorced amicably this time. Like, maybe for once Sonny doesn't cheat and his, he just needs time alone to figure out who he is now that he's had these Mike experiences. Next, Diane, along with Sam, go to let Alexis know she is a free woman. Nicholas comes in and says, yes, it was me. I still wanted to get you out despite our fight. And Alexis doubles down on her belief Nicholas is going towards the bad side of the Cassidine family. She tells Diane, she tells Sam everything that happened. Sam is very disappointed, but she's still happy Nicholas used his influence. And I gotta say, as much as the character of Sam has annoyed me lately, I could use more Sam and Nicholas scenes. She is a Cassidine after all. Maybe we can get her involved with this thing. We also get some clarification on Alexis and Harmony's relationship. Alexis wants to be friends with Harmony because she's been a good ear while she's been in prison. I've asked this before, but can Harmony be redeemed? If I was a character on the show, no, never. Even if Willow has fully forgiven her and improves her relationship, it's, it's just a no from me. But Harmony has been good for Alexis, and that may be something we continue to see in development because Will Christina be okay with this friendship? That's just good drama right there. We see Harmony later in the week at the Metro restaurant where she runs into Willow and Wiley. They just kind of catch up. Wiley asks her to stay after Harmony offers to leave, and they have a nice chat. It was hilarious, though, when Wiley says, no, I don't take candy from strangers. I know that was supposed to give the effect of Harmony just not being a present grandmother to Wiley, but seeing as Port Charles is a cesspool for crime, I'm glad this kid knows to stay away from strangers. But I think Willow is going to start letting Wiley have visits with Harmony, supervised, of course, but I think that will happen. So now that Alexis is a free woman, she makes a stop at GH. Her outfit looked great. Uh, it's amazing what wardrobe can do for you once you're released from prison. She runs into Dante, and I jumped just a little like, oh geez, confronting the person who stabbed you. <laughs> but Dante forgives her. He feels she's done her time and is not going to do that again. And hey, you know, my grandmother said the same thing about Martha Stewart. She paid her time, now she's out, and I can support her. <laughs> 
So Maxie ends up running into Sam at GH, and Sam doesn't give her all the details about Peter, and that irritated me. But she does go on to talk about Dante, and when Maxie tries to ask her, is he the one who kissed you a little while ago, Sam runs away like a little teenager. So Maxie is sort of kind of forced to confront Dante about the situation, and she basically tells him, hey, it's okay, moving forward is what needs to happen, and in my head I'm like, yeah, right, Maxie, until Lulu wakes up. Then you'll be breaking up Sam and Dante, just watch. <laughs> Speaking of Peter, okay, so... Peter has Drew and Jason chained in a wine cellar. I thought those beams looked old enough that Jason or Drew could have gotten the chains through the beam and run away somehow, but whatever. <laughs> the best part of that scene for me was Drew finding out that Jason and Sam broke up. <laughs> and then Jason gets to see exactly how Peter has been controlling Drew with the tarot cards. And Britt is locked up in some Rapunzel room, and Peter forces her to work with him to spare Jason and Drew's life, even though he has to show that demonstration that he can make Drew cut his own arm. That was terrible. I had to look away, even though I knew they weren't really going to show it. I looked away anyhow. <laughs> but this time, Britt has legs to stand on. She's got some real friends at this point, and she gets to use that and throw the Louise situation in his face, how his plan led to her disappearance. Then I was thinking, is Peter capable of memory mapping anyone or a mind control, or does he only know how to work it when someone's been in that trance before? Like when Helena and Faison work together, like they're the ones who worked on Drew, so that programming was still there for Peter to access, but I was wondering if Peter could newly mind control someone else, and I thought he was going to do something to Brit, and that would just be devastating to Liesl. And poor Scott, showing up to Ava's gallery drunk, practically sobbing about how he's failed her, so Ava finally tells him Victor Cassadine is alive and maybe has something to do with this. And man, Scotty switched it up so fast, just like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm not drunk, I'm just playing you. <laughs> I was so confused, but he got me. I mean, he got me pretty good. <laughs> I thought he was just drunk and upset about Liesl. Him and Ava have such a weird friendship. They're able to be super mean to each other, but he turned around and said, listen, in your shoes, I would do the exact same thing. So right after Scott leaves, he goes to Charlie's to meet Nina, his other client and now friend. Uh, he straight up tells her to use Wiley to gain momentum in her case. She says no, which is very moral of her, but I'm still not forgiving her or liking her at this point. <laughs> Also, this week at Charlie's, we saw Sunny uh, connect back with Sean. That was cute reunion to see. And Sean meeting Nina. I don't hate that pairing. Uh, he even gives Nina his number. She should take advantage, honestly, if anything, to just help get over Mike Sunny. Sean deserves better than Nina, but for now, I mean, they can be cute. And from one establishment to another, the Savoy was popping this week. We had part of Liz's birthday party there. It started at her house, and then everyone kind of, like, dispersed. Uh, Liz did not think of anything of this, but when she looked at Finn and says, oh, yeah, so the kids can have the house to themselves, Finn looks at her like, um, 
Hello, do you remember what you were like in college? It made me think, yeah, Liz, do you remember what you and Lucky were like in your college years? <laughs> and when the older adults were on their way out the door to go to the Savoy, oh my gosh, Scotty handing Cameron some protection, telling him to be safe. I was so uncomfortable, which made me so glad that him and Jocelyn decided to wait. Uh, the talk that she had with Trina earlier that day really got to her. Trina made a lot of good points and she was making a lot of sense. I, I hate it that Esme got into her head at all, but Cameron was such a gentleman about it and I love the character he's turning into. Except for the trusting Esme thing, we need to work on that. <laughs> we also saw Nicholas stop by uh, the Weber house and I felt awkward when he walked in. The history with him and Liz is complicated to say the least. He doesn't stay and he ends up at Kelly's where he runs into Trina and thanks her for helping Spencer carve out a path to be his own person. I'm sure down the line, Spencer will have to become a true Cassidine for some reason and that's gonna be interesting to watch. And back at the Savoy, we had a lot going on there. Uh, at first, the bands that Curtis tries to get for the live music thing, they all cancel. And then Brooklyn's Creeper record label guy, Link, is there, paid for by the Lurker, to get live music for Curtis. Portia was Curtis's second-in-command that night, making sure everyone was happy, taken care of. Chase was doing private security for the event. Brooklyn showed up, so that's when we heard that the ELQ meeting will be this upcoming week. I'm curious if anyone fun is going to show up. I really hope they do. Is Jimmy Lee alive? Will we see a past relative like Tracy? I know in the past Tracy has made appearances around Thanksgiving and Christmas, so I think it'd be really awesome to have her a part of what's going on now. The live music ends up panning out in the Savoy. I'm not going to comment on the performance too much. Uh, this, this was a free event, and if you were only paying for drinks and food, then this was a great way to put the Savoy name out there to show that it can showcase live events. Curtis talks with Portia after the show, and he decides this is no coincidence. Portia has to go to GH, and Curtis corners Link. Then the lurker shows up and says, it's me you're looking for. And that's how we ended it. <laughs> so I can't wait to see who this guy is. Is he a new mob? Is he someone from Curtis's past? Is he someone from Sean's past? Is he someone from anyone's past? I don't know. Meanwhile, as Portia is clocking into GH, we see Gladys talking to Austin. He's trying to work her, but she's a loose cannon. There's no predicting what Gladys will do or say, so he's got to be cautious. Austin also goes to see Valentine, and what I thought he was alluding to was Brooklyn hooked up with Valentine on purpose to get pregnant on purpose to then control Valentine this whole time before he even really had eyes on ELQ. And let me tell you, if that was really what, was, what she was up to that night, I mean, I would be blown away by that plan. Valentine tries to talk to Gladys, and she's easy to read, obviously being blackmailed every which way from Tuesday, and now Valentine is breathing down her neck. And all of this leading to something incredibly silly. Maxie and Brooklyn hire a guy named Kip to play a guy named Polly to threaten Gladys. I mean, it worked. <laughs> we saw Gladys delete the recording. I don't know, does she still have those other horcruxes, or I'm sorry, recordings around? <laughs> and then back at the hospital, Austin sees Maxie pay Kip. 
And I hope that if Austin figures this out, he helps Maxie instead of blackmailing them because to put a baby at risk of kidnapping because you want shares at a company is just not redeemable. But GH characters have done worse, like uh, Sam watching Jake being kidnapped in the park. <laughs> Maxie tries to warn Austin away from Gladys, to which he says Brooklyn is no better. Gladys then gets called out by Sonny when they run into each other at Kelly's. He looked right at her and said, yeah, let's talk about how you told the cops Jason killed Franco, thus spiraling my family's lives. <laughs> that was a pretty good scene. Brooklyn was at Kelly's in that moment, too, and she's blurting stuff out so loud, and when she turns around, Chase is there asking her who Pauly is. This is bubbling up, and the girls aren't going to be able to keep this secret much longer. They may have to let someone in. I'm just curious who it will be. Will they let in Chase, Valentine, Spinelli, Austin, Gladys? Like, who, who is it that they're going to eventually have to come clean to first? And Valentine, I don't know what he's thinking right now. He calls Yuri and reminds him to tail Bailey in Brooklyn. Do we think he has an inkling? Everyone kept talking about Brooklyn and the crib situation before she left to go, quote, give birth. And the one thing that sucks about this situation is that the resources for the PCPD are being used to look for Louise when they should be looking for Peter. Robert was at the top of that list. Now he's down at 66 Harborview Road confronting Olivia about the kiss she planted on him. And although he was being very arrogant in that moment, saying, oh, my sense of adventure, you like that about me, like, relax, Robert, I understood what he was trying to say. Kind of like he's good from afar, but day in and day out with him is not glamorous. Olivia was pushing for it. I think she thought Robert would just kind of agree with her and be exactly like her, but he reminds her that Ned is worth trying for. Like, he's worth trying to work things out with, and as he's saying that, Ned shows up, so Robert leaves quickly. <laughs> Man, Tristan Rogers sure takes a punch every now and again, doesn't he? <laughs> I remember when um, the one uh, quarter main house manager, Alice, punched him and he flew over a couch. <laughs> so Ned is still inviting Olivia to the gallery. She's very emotional, and she should be. She wanted to try and work things out after Ned cheated, and all she did was pull away further. But she sure doesn't mind living in that mansion. So I hope this is a turning point for her. I want her to make a concrete decision. I'm not leaning one way or another. They could stay together. They could break up. I really don't care. I just want Olivia to be sure of what she wants with Ned. And while the gallery is making preparations, Esme shows up. First of all, isn't the gallery closed for the setting up of this exhibit? Maybe it's only open to private tours or appointments. Like, keep Esme out of this gallery. <laughs> so annoying. Trina is unbothered and puts Esme in her place. Esme comes straight out and asks Trina, Are you trying to steal Spencer? <laughs> oh dear, Esme. Spencer is not interested in you anymore. I'm sorry. He met Trina and he's over you and your psycho ways. And I do think that Esme is truly psycho. And I think that will lead to the teenagers feeling her wrath. If something ends up happening between Spencer and Trina, I mean, Esme's already set her sights on Cameron. So I'm sure in the future, we will see a scene of Trina and Spencer kissing. Esme watches and then runs right over to Cameron to kiss him. Who knows? I would love to see more Trina using her real-world gallery experience to help her in school. I think that's a great segue between the two worlds of 
Ava and Nicholas and the teenagers storyline. I will be watching all of this go down from 66 Harborview Road. The next two weeks, I'll be taking a break from weekly recaps, but I will be posting special episodes in their place. Yes, that means I will finally release my Woo Family episodes, so stay tuned for that. And thank you for joining me. Lend me your thoughts on Instagram at 66 Harborview Road, Twitter at 66 underscore view, and now on TikTok at 66 underscore Harborview Road. From the Quartermain foyer, I bid you a good week. Thank <laughs> you.